Hey, hey. Bienvenidos to episode four of This Latina Travels. Today we'll be talking about my travels to La Nación del Café Puro. In case you didn't know, that's Colombia. Before I begin this episode, I want to take time to acknowledge my Asian brothers and sisters. This past week has taken an emotional toll on many of us as we've continued to hear news of the terrible and frustrating hate crimes against them in the U.S. We love you and we stand with you. Personally, I also got physically sick this past week. I couldn't breathe and had a terrible cough to the point where I had to go to the ER. Thankfully, I've been vaccinated since late January, so I knew it wasn't COVID, but it turns out it was a respiratory infection. Needless to say, with everything going on, I thought it would be best to push back this episode. And you know what, sis? That is okay. Rest and relaxation are not only important, but vital for us to continue making strides to make our dreams come true. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. So, without further ado, let's get into the episode. For starters, Colombia was only supposed to be a two to three day trip. I was supposed to visit my sister Melissa, who had been living in Maracaibo, Venezuela, working as a missionary. Our plan was to meet in Colombia and spend Christmas with her good friend Paola and her family. After Christmas, we were going to take a bus and head to Venezuela. Easy peasy, right? We thought so too. But this was 2013. Venezuela wasn't taking any new visitors. Hopefully, that's a trip I can talk about in a future episode. For what my sister tells me, it's a beautiful country, and I can't wait to see it myself. But everything happens for a reason. <laughs> Melissa had been in Venezuela for a few months before I saw her in Colombia. I had decided to fly down to see her for the holidays because I didn't want her to be quote-unquote by herself. Although she physically wasn't going to be alone, I wanted her to be with family, even if it was just me. I remember I wanted to bring her a piece of home. And of all the things I could have brought her, what she was missing the most was Chick-fil-A. So I froze a chicken sandwich and took some Chick-fil-A sauce packets all the way to Colombia. Yep, you welcome, sis. Her face was priceless. Before we take the plunge into my unexpected journey... Emily, my producer, editor, and chief pain in the butt, has something to tell you. When I got to Colombia, I landed in Bogota, the capital, for a brief layover. I met with one of Paola's brothers, and we went to Gran Estación, a huge mall in Bogota, about 15 minutes away from the airport. I was really hungry after the flight, and I remember heading up to the food court where I got introduced to... La Bandeja Paisa probably the most traditional Colombian dish. The ingredients used to make this dish may vary from region to region, but most bandeja paisas consist of the following. Beans and bacon, white rice, meat, pork rind, avocado, sweet plantain, chorizo, una arepa, and a sunny side of egg. Mm -mm. I'm getting hungry as we speak. This dish can be easily split amongst two people, but when I tell you I was really hungry that day, I devoured that whole dish. Next up, Barranquilla. Fun fact, did you know that Shakira was born and raised in Barranquilla? 
You know that song? Whenever, wherever, we're meant to be together. Emily, don't look at me like that. (laughs) That is the perfect anthem for this trip. Because no matter where I was going to be, I was with my sister, aka my person, the Christina to my Meredith, and we were going to make every day count. Spending the holidays in Barranquilla, what an adventure. Imagine streets filled with loud music, and I mean loud music all night long. All the houses on the street were filled with so much life, not to mention delicious foods. I feel like we went from house to house celebrating Nochebuena and greeting all the aunts and uncles of the neighborhood. It was an experience I will cherish forever. In addition to Las Fiestas in Barranquilla, we were able to visit some places nearby. For starters, we went to El Castillo de Salgar, which is about 20 minutes from downtown Barranquilla. This yellow castle was initially built to observe any suspicious materials that were entering the country via cargo ships. Of course, this was more than a century ago. When I went, the castle had a restaurant with outside patios surrounding the different levels of the building. The view was breathtaking. That was probably my favorite part. My sister and I wanted to take an epic picture since there was so much greenery around the castle, so we decided to take our famous jumping picture, the one I chose for the cover of this episode. Representing, taking leaps of faith, even if plans change, you make the best of it. We also visited La Boca de Cenizas. It's the meeting place of two different bodies of water, the Magdalena River and the Caribbean Sea. Cenizas translates to ashes, and when the ocean and river unite, the water turns into an ash color. I've been told this place has become a huge tourist spot with restaurants, places to shop, etc. But back when I went, it was just a couple of street vendors and a pathway of rocks that divided the ocean and river. I also remember eating so much pescado frito that by day five, we were done. Don't get me wrong, the arroz de coco and patacones, which is Colombian for tostones or fried plantains, was delicious, but we just wanted some variety. So as you recall, Melissa and I were staying with her friend Paola and her family. I will forever be grateful that they opened their home to us, especially because this was so last minute. I also want to give a huge shout out to Jonathan, Paola's older brother, who helped me with the details when I was writing this episode. We didn't plan for anything in Colombia because we weren't supposed to stay there long, but I had never been to this beautiful country, so I was ready to explore. Our first adventure outside of Barranquilla was to Santa Marta. We hopped on a bus and decided to plan on the way. We didn't really know where we were going to stay. Remember, this was before Airbnb and Uber days. And smartphones were only a little bit smart. Most of the time you needed Wi-Fi, which wasn't something as easily accessible as it is today in most countries. But we were able to make it work. And here are some of the places we went to in Santa Marta. Number one, Museo de Oro Tairona. This museum is dedicated to describing the history of Colombia with an emphasis on the impact of the gold in the country. My experience here made me appreciate how much rich history is embedded in our Latinx countries. So if you're into history, especially when it comes to gold, this is a must for you. Number two, Playa Rodadero. This is probably the most popular beach in Santa Marta. We snorkeled, swam, and took in all that vitamin D. I will say this beach reminds me of the one in Isla Verde, 
right here in Puerto Rico. It's pretty popular and you have absolutely everyone trying to sell you something. I even held a snake with a pretty beach scenery in the background. Of course I tipped the guy, but what was I thinking of holding a snake? Needless to say, it was a great beach day. Number three, my favorite part of Santa Marta, hands down, was camping in El Parque Nacional Natural Tayrona. But boy, do I have a story for you. First, the bus ride to the entrance of the park is about an hour from downtown Santa Marta. The bus will leave you literally on the street of the entrance, so make sure to be on the lookout. Once we arrived, we had to wait a couple hours to get our tickets. FYI, there's a cap on tickets per day. There's also a price difference for locals and foreigners. Paola had come along with us to Santa Marta, and she bought all our tickets, so we paid the local prices. In my defense, I was still a broke bro college student. My advice, get there as early as possible. They open as early as 8 a.m. We definitely did not get there at 8 a.m. Or get your tickets online, an option that definitely didn't exist in 2013. We also went during the peak season, which explains why we waited for three to four hours to get tickets. But no matter what, don't forget your passport or some sort of identification. Once we were in, it wasn't exactly what I'd call a walk in the park. Okay, it literally was a walk in the park, but we were not prepared to camp for three days. Originally, we were just going to be there for a night, but we realized we did not make all this effort just to stay for a night. We knew we needed to stay longer. Not only did we get to hike through a wild jungle, we are surrounded by stunning beaches. But take note, some of these beaches are unsafe, and I seriously mean unsafe to swim because the current is so strong. Don't worry, you will know which beaches because you will see numerous signs saying that hundreds have died, ignoring this warning, etc. Please don't be that person. So remember how I said we weren't ready to camp for three days? I lied. We weren't ready to camp at all. There were people who came with food, gear, pretty much everything. And then there was us. Three Latinas with backpacks filled with our essentials and zero camping gear. Thankfully, there were camps set up where you would rent space, buy food, etc. Oh, and there's absolutely no cell service in the park. Honestly, that wasn't much of a difference for us because we didn't have cell service anywhere unless there was Wi-Fi. But we needed to tell Paola's family that we were extending our stay before they thought we were kidnapped or something. There was one lady who had a phone that worked. She charged you by the minute and was only available during certain parts of the day. I'm not kidding. If you wanted to disconnect from the world, this park is the perfect place. The last thing I will mention about this park is the hike. We paid a tour guide, or more like a random local, I remember this hike so vividly because it was during those long hours that I had an aha moment. I needed to get back into shape. Now, I don't mean I needed to mimic society's idea of getting into shape. Growing up, I played all types of sports, but I was never skinny. I've always had curves, but it wasn't until I hit 30 and was living in Puerto Rico that I learned to embrace every single one of them. And I'm in the best shape I've been, but not the best I'm going to be in. This part of my life's journey began with that aha moment, all the way back in early 2014. It's 2021, y'all. Change doesn't happen overnight, so don't be so hard on yourself.
After spending time out in nature, Cartagena could not have been more opposite. It was extremely busy and one of the bigger tourist hotspots at the time. Here are some of the adventures we had in Cartagena. Number one, mud baths and el volcán de Totumo. The mud is used as a detoxification for your skin that is known to purify and heal. Legends say the mud makes you younger. Warning, when you climb down into the volcano, there are people who will be all up in your personal space, showering you with the mud. And then when you get out of the volcano, there are these older ladies with buckets near the river who will wash all the mud off you. All of it. From everywhere. So if you're a fan of social distancing in general, this may not be the activity for you. I personally enjoyed this experience because it's not every day you get to take a mud bath in a volcano. But I also know everyone's comfort level is different. Most of these excursions can be booked through a hotel or hostel you are staying in. Number two, La Ciudad Antigua. We took a horse carriage ride at night around the whole city. I know, so romantic. We had the street arepas, which by far have been the best arepas my sister and I have ever had. Melissa can attest. If you have never had an arepa, imagine. Its base is made out of cornmeal and it varies in size and thickness. But the shape that it compared to the most is of a pita pocket. The arepas on the streets were fried and stuffed with cheese. I think those are my favorite kind. But they can be baked and grilled and filled with other types of goodies. Lastly, I remember vividly and recommend 100% that you buy fruit from Las Señoras in the beautiful, traditional, bright-colored skirts. Since it was at night, the plaza had music and so much life. So I just remember us taking pictures with these women as they were cutting our fresh fruit cups. They were so sweet. And number three, Playa Blanca in Isla Baru. You need to take a lancha to get there, but you will not regret it. This beach has by far been one of the clearest beaches I have ever gone to in my life. And y'all know I live on an island full of beautiful beaches, but I just loved the vibe. They had these sand beds that you could rent and the view was just stunning. Oh and they have endless limonadas de coco. They were so refreshing. Oh, Colombia, there's still so much that I need to explore. For starters, I must attend the summer salsa festivals that happen in July in Cali, 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 the world capital of salsa. Now, I will have to take some lessons because Cali Colombians dance differently. Their salsa is way faster. Ugh, I miss dancing salsa. Another gem I would like to explore is the island of San Andres. It's a tiny island that belongs to Colombia, although geographically it's closer to Nicaragua and Jamaica. It's a diverse mix of Afro-Colombians who actually prefer to speak English due to the island's history. I won't go into too much depth, but it's worth the research. And to end this episode, in case y'all didn't know, Disney is scheduled to release Encanto on November 24th, the first Disney movie based in the beautiful mountains of Colombia. I don't know about you, but I can't wait especially since the music is composed by the one and only Lin-Manuel Miranda. With that, I leave you. Until next time, mi gente, don't forget to leave me a rating. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please write me a review. But most importantly, subscribe and share this with a friend. Feel free to contact me if you have any questions via email at thislatinatravels at gmail.com or my Instagram at thislatinatravels. 
I hope you're ready for this journey because I sure can't wait to tell you more about why this Latina travels. <laughs>